Welcome to the Ex-Millennial Man Podcast, podcast for SeedSync.com. I am your host, R.D. Kulik, and with me is the true SI Sportsman of the Year, the man who did not have a losing college football record, and that's the greatest other host, Ty Kulik. How are you today, Ty? Hi, everybody. I think Dion was the right choice. I actually will be talking about him in our recording <laughs> today because of what he did at Colorado, but I don't know, man. I think Dion was a good choice for SI Sports Person of the Year. It's no Taylor Swift being time person of the year, which is awesome. But I say I that's Dion, right. That's the right. Well, yeah, uh, I, I think Dion deserved it. Who do you think deserves SI Sports Person? Travis of the year? Kelsey. I, I thought <laughs> you were going to say Travis Hunter. I don't know. That's a good choice too. <laughs> nope. But. nope, Jim Harbaugh. He got suspended. <laughs> he missed half the football season, man. <laughs> and got just got paid. Well, nothing's or, official yet. No, they're right? Still, yeah, there's still stuff they have to work out. Well, that's what this is. This is our year in review for sports, and I'm going to start right at the top with college football. And it's the year began or ended. It's kind of because I know the Ohio State game went into went into the new year, their Ohio State Georgia playoff game, but Michigan got beat by TCU for some damn reason. And Two then, pick sixes, uh, some missed passes, some bad play calling. A lot of that is what some signs stolen. Oh my god! <laughs> Stupidest thing ever. And then Ohio State nearly beat Georgia, and then Georgia absolutely no. boat raced TCU. I believe it was a record. Sixty-five-seven was the final <laughs> yeah. score. And I was watching that game with my son, and when Georgia went up twenty-one nothing in the first quarter, with like seven minutes left, we both said, "We're not watching anymore." No. This. No. But then the entire college off season was dominated about where Deion Sanders is going to go coach. Maybe this is just bias because of where I live, but a lot of people had him down coming to University of Cincinnati. They were about to move. They would have been. They're about to move into the Big Twelve. They're pretty good at recruiting. Their coach had just left to go to Louisville because, or not to Louisville. Purdue's coach went to Louisville. UC's, oh, UC's coach went to Wisconsin. Yeah, that's right. So everybody thought, oh, this will be good. Dion played for the Reds. He knows the city. All this stuff. And then I know Reds is baseball. For those of you that are young listening to this, Dion played baseball. Dion yeah. was on baseball teams, let's say, and was a Hall of Fame football player. Yeah, he was no Bo Jackson. No. He was a very, very good football player. Right. A lot of people thought, but he ended up going to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to start there, Ty. The whole Dion Coach Prime, what was your thoughts on that? I love Dion Sanders. It's funny, when I was a kid, I didn't like him because I thought he was too brash and his bravado kind of turned me off. But as I'm growing older, I love that about Dion. I love that about Dion Sanders. I love the fact that he wears a sweatshirt that says ain't hard to find, that he's willing to go anywhere and seemingly play anybody. And I like his brash. I like his bravado-ness. But when you and I talked about it in our preseason football thing, I said a successful year for Colorado, I believe, was winning five or six games. They won four, which is four times the amount that they yeah. won the season before that. But let us not forget that I believe they started out the year three and one. Yeah. And they ran into Oregon, who was an absolute buzzsaw. Oregon, was, I mean, they can't beat Washington, which is clear. And Washington deserves that spot in the playoff. But Oregon's a very good football team. And they they exposed Colorado. Let's say like they had no offensive line, no defense. Oregon did that. But TCU coming off a national title game appearance, ranked preseason ranked top 20. Colorado beats them. Shador Sanders explodes on the scene. Travis Hunter, great game play, both sides of the ball. They have their first home game against Nebraska with a new coach. And I go, oh, Nebraska's better. 
absolutely demolished. I mean, new coach, it's Matt Rule, who was just an NFL coach. So, yeah. And made Baylor, like, kind of turn Baylor's program around after there. You want to talk about sign stealing? Let's talk about Art Briath while he was at Baylor. But Deion Sanders in Colorado absolutely smothered. I I can remember being at my son's football game and checking the score and be like, oh, my God, they're up 36-14 at the end of the game. Colorado looked like the team that they were going to be this year's TCU. Maybe not go all the way to the playoff, but like I said, Oregon exposed some, exposed them, showed some cracks. They blew that game against Stanford, which that to me was like, okay, this team is not ready to compete yet. There's a reason why they were one and eleven last year. But maybe you can tell me. Maybe you know better than I do. When was the last time people talked so much about a team the previous year went one and eleven, and this year went four and eight? Yet their coach is everywhere. Travis Hunter's everywhere. Shador Sanders is everywhere. Colorado's back on the map. They can be as bad as they want to be, but Dion got this school who was once a powerhouse in the 80s and 90s back on the map, back people talking. And I think it's still going to take a couple of years. You have to give him time because they were so far in the dirt, but I think he will turn it around eventually. Four and eight isn't great, but that's four times as many wins as they had last year. This is the last year of college football as we know it. Oh, yeah. As we've ever known it. And there's a lot of negative things you could say, and there are a lot of negative things that could still be said about the NCAA and where this is at. And that's what we would have spent this whole season talking about is next year. But we didn't mm-hmm. talk about next year because of Deion Sanders. Absolutely. And you're right. He made it appointment viewing. I don't think I could tell you a Colorado player since, jeez, mm. oh, uh, Rashawn Salam. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm a weirdo who watches it all the time, so yeah. I do know other play. But a, a, an important player, yeah. Rashawn Salam. I mean, if you want to go back even further, let's talk about Eric Bieniemy, who's yeah. coaching in the NFL, right, been right. coaching there for a decade plus now. I mean, even when Colorado was in the Big Twelve, and well, and Missouri was in the Big Twelve, as Missouri hit its ascend- ascendancy, which if they did that twelve team playoff, Missouri would be in it. Yeah, also, they're just a real quick aside. Their coach needs to shut the hell up. I don't, oh, I don't understand. Know. What's he saying? He still is making Connor Stallions and Michigan sign ceiling jokes. And it's like, hey, man, ESPN's <laughs> even moved off of that. So why don't you? He's like the guy who's five minutes late to a comedy show and misses the first joke, but we'll retell that joke yeah. over and over. You know what? Uh, and and he's trying to make accounts, he's trying to make Missouri relevant. Come on, man. By, by all, he's a good football coach. But by all accounts, our brother works at a pretty famous spot out in Columbia, and the owner of that spot hates their head coach. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not good. But Deion Sanders made people pay attention to college football for the football, not for all the shenanigans and stuff yeah. like that that are going on. And it was exciting, and it it was even though people are like, oh, great, they beat them. And you talked about how Oregon exposed them. Let's not forget that even though Colorado lost, I think Colorado exposed USC this year. Oh, 100%. Our dad and I were going to another one of my son's football games, and we kept checking the score like, oh, my God, Colorado's <laughs> going to win this game. And I, I believe our father said to me, USC's defense was really bad. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and let's also not forget, it's college football. The coaches are the stars of college football. A hundred percent. And the coaches we have to deal with are religious nut jobs like Dabo Sweeney. We have we have God's NI. We're in God's name. Yeah, yeah. General curmudgeons like Nick Saban. And you get to another one in a minute here. But Dion represents this this newer generation. I mean, it's like he's not young, but it's like a youthful. Exactly. Exactly. And that's I think that's cool. I think that's exciting. I think 
college basketball a few years back started embrace bringing some of these players in Penny Hardaway, uh, Juwan Howard, yep. things like that. Where or even a guy like Shaka Smart, who maybe didn't play a high level basketball, yeah. but he's fun as hell to watch. Right, exactly. And so I think it's cool that you have this celebrity, this new kind of celebrity. Now, speaking of kind of curmudgeons, one other coach made headlines all year long. <laughs> First off, sat a few games against a directional Three. Michigan school or something because he bought a hamburger or something. UNLV. <laughs> and, oh God, I can't hear East Carolina. Okay, I always say directional <laughs> Michigan schools. That's what that's that's my code for cupcake. But yeah, he he sat team. I mean, I did. Did Michigan give up more than like three points until like the fourth or fifth game? <laughs> they did not give up a point in the third quarter until the Penn State. Okay. That was their... 10th game of the season yeah yeah 10th yeah, game of the season and then harbaugh comes back michigan just obliterates everyone and then the sign stealing thing oh yeah michigan continues to obliterate everyone i mean look i saw the penn state game and the score may say what it is but michigan controlled that game the the moment blake corm ran it in it was 24 to 9 that game was up. yeah i watched the ohio state game and I remember I specifically even said, because that was the one college game my son actually watched, too. <laughs> and I actually, he's, I said at the time, I go, you know what? I got to give everybody dogs on Ohio State's quarterback. I'm like, I got to give him credit. He's kept him in this game. And then he threw an interception. So that kid's in the transfer portal. Yes. There's a whole thing going on <laughs> in Ohio State right now. But I think that kid played fine. Michigan's defense. So it's funny, you know, years pass. And I even wrote about this year. I thought that they would beat Michigan in Michigan. When Michigan went up 14 to three, even when Ohio State came back and tied it, when Michigan went up that big that early, I'm like, oh, they're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there was not a doubt in my mind that they were going to win. And that's the first time I've had that feeling about Michigan in a long time in that football game. Ohio State has, at minimum, two starting NFL wide receivers. At, right yeah, <laughs> at absolute minimum. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Marvin Harrison, in my opinion, should and be the number people- one pick. Well, all these people who think he's coming back to college oh, because yeah. he hasn't beaten Michigan <laughs> or because he can make X amount. If he comes back, he's an idiot. That that is <laughs> karmic bad stuff yes. is gonna happen. Yes. Yes. So Harbaugh, I mean Yeah. Hey, you want to say he's a curmudgeon? This dude wants to give money to all the Yes, he does. Athletes. Yes, he he's does. Very, very vocal about that. And that's what I was gonna say. I, he may have that Saban attitude, but you're oh, right. You talk about like stuff like that, is I can see why these kids want to come play for him though. So yeah. it's you're getting this transition in there. And look, like you said, it's not official, but he's probably going to be back at Michigan next year with a I think what I read is if he signs that the whole hurdle that they're going through is Michigan. And I agree with Michigan. They want something in writing that he will stop flirting yeah. with the NFL constantly. Yeah. But I think he'll be the second highest paid at like 11 million a year if he signs the contract. But I just want to talk about their football season because this is the first time in my lifetime being a Michigan fan where they've been televised so much for quote unquote scandalous behavior. And mm-hmm. the whole reason why Harbaugh missed the first three games, I think is stupid. And I feel like the NCA has a vendetta and that was made even more clear to me when he got suspended, not by the NCA, but by the big 10. Mm-hmm. And there have been wrote it down in my notes with what we we're going to talk about today. Every victory that Michigan has is satisfying. Like I, I want them to win every game. I'm so happy when they do win every game, but when they, went into Penn State and beat Penn State. And then when Ohio State came in, and I kept saying this to our father when we were watching him, that's what our dad and I do. We watch every Michigan game together. I feel like I'm the only one of the kids who glommed on to the Michigan stuff. And maybe much to my dad's chagrin, I've gone way too far on the other end. But 
I kept saying to him, Ryan Day has every incentive. Big 10 suspended Harbaugh without an NCAA concluding an investigation. Sharon Moore is an interim head coach who hasn't coached a game in his life. My reps- wife, my wife's uh, physical therapist was roommates with Moore. Oh, that's awesome. She I didn't know that. told me, or no, she told, she told me early in the year, she's like, oh yeah, my physical therapist said he was roommates with uh, one of Michigan's coaches. And I'm like, oh yeah, who is it? And I think she said like, I think he's like tight ends or something like that. And then she's oh, like, grand. no, no. And then, and then she said, whatever, Sharon or what is he, the offensive coordinator? Offensive line and offensive yeah. coordinator. And she said, oh yeah, he's the offensive coordinator. I think he's going to coach. And I go, he did coach. He yeah. coached the Ohio State game. <laughs> yes. And that, that's a, that's a, with Ryan Day. He had an interim coach who never really coached before previous mm-hmm. two games before that. He had refs on his side. He had the Big Ten on his side. He had... Fox, I mean, if you watch that game and yeah, listen yeah. to Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt call it, you wouldn't even think Michigan wasn't even playing that day. So Ryan Day had the entire deck stacked, stacked for him. But if you watch that football game, Sharon Moore was calm. He was calling the game. Ryan Day looked like he was going to lose it at any given mm-hmm. second. Even when Roman Wilson had the touchdown, which Ohio State thought was an interception, but it could be my Michigan bias. I think he caught the ball and fell down on the ground, whatever. Ryan Day lost his mind, and that was another one of those moments where I'm like, oh, he's coaching scared, and Sharon Moore is coaching freely and having fun. And the victory against Penn State, because I loathe James Franklin, and the victory, more importantly, against Ohio State were just, it was so gratifying as a Michigan fan to read all these people saying things, and, oh, they cheat, that's the only reason why they won, they can't really win big games because they don't have sign stealings, they don't have their guy anymore. All credit goes to those players, but also to Sharon Moore and Jesse Minter for blocking all that out and beating Penn State in Penn State. When are, when are people going to realize James Franklin isn't this genius mm-hmm. coach, they think? And then beating Ohio State for the third straight year when Ryan Day had everything going his way and Sharon Moore outcoached him by a thousand. Like it, I don't know what's going to happen in the playoff. I don't like that they got Alabama but because Alabama is awesome. I hope they win. This is their best shot, I think, to win a national title. But that victory against Penn State and that victory against Ohio State, for me being a Michigan fan, there haven't been many more gratified. The only thing I think was a little bit more gratifying for me, a lot more gratifying, was when they won the national title in 97, the last time they did. But, man, to have my team dragged through the mud for, again, I'm going to say it again, something that is just seemingly so inconsequential in the landscape of college football and then, to block that out, that shows the poise that those kids have. That shows why they have a guy like Blake Corum as a captain on that team. And to win the Big Ten title and have all Harbaugh saying is bet when he gets up on stage and having Zach Center take the trophy from the Big Ten commissioner. I loved every second of that. Come at me all you want, people. That was gratifying. I mean, I know a lot of people, especially where I live, that do not like Michigan. Of and- course not. You live in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, and it, But... There was I even a lot of people I know were like, this whole thing's stupid. And I had a friend of mine who went to Ohio State who said, I hate the NCAA so much because they're making me root for Michigan right now. <laughs> hey, that's good to know that there's some people out there who have. Or, I say it again, too. If this were happening to Penn State or to Ohio State, I'd be like, what's the big deal? Oh, yeah. I, this- look, I could care less about the Patriots and the stupid <laughs> deflate gate thing. This yeah. is not what happened at Baylor. This is not what happened within Baylor's basketball program. This is so inconsequential. And then to just put a, a cherry on top of the crap Sunday, the NCAA, they picked their four playoff teams. And Ty, I was honestly, because look, once Alabama beat Georgia, 
you mm-hmm. I knew Alabama was in there. And I remember thinking to myself, how were they going to justify this? Because I thought it was going to be Michigan, Washington, un- both undefeated, deservedly so. Florida State, mm-hmm. undefeated de- and deserved, deservedly so. And then Alabama. And I'm like, but wait, Texas beat Alabama. How That's can they justify that? Those two teams, yeah. But and so I kept thinking to myself, how are they going to justify this Alabama thing? And at one time, I told my wife, you know what? I bet they do. I bet you the NCAA kicks Michigan out and says, "Oh, <laughs> sign stealing." And, <laughs> sign stealing is too bad, yeah. But nope, nope, they didn't do that. They kicked Florida State out to mm-hmm. put Texas and Alabama in. And look, I think it's BS that Texas is in. Okay. But well, the, I mean, but they're getting but, Texas and Bama. That's what I'm saying. Texas. But exactly, they're getting Texas is getting a little bit of a shield because of the Bama stuff. But look, I it just goes to prove that the NCAA does not care about football. No, it's they a care about show. exactly. That's that's all. That's all. And you talk about your friends who are Ohio State fans having to root for Michigan. It it angers me and boils my blood that I have to say that a team that Ron DeSantis likes Florida State belongs <laughs> yeah. in, in the playoff, but they do. I mean, they play the teams that are in front yeah. of them, but there was a stat while my son and I were watching the SEC title game, a stat popped up on the screen and it said in the nine years of the college football playoff, the SEC champion has gone to the playoff every year. And I told my son, they will put, if, yeah. if Alabama wins, they will find a way Absolutely. to put Alabama in. And no, no, Florida State's undefeated, Dad. They, they win tonight, they're going to get in. And I told him, We'll see what happens. And when it all was said and done, before the stuff came out, I told my kid how I would do it is I would put Michigan 1, Washington 2, Florida State 3, Texas 4. And I said, what I think is going to happen is what happened. Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. And there's so many conspiracy theories going around. If you watch Kirk Herbstreit talking on TV a week before this, he yeah, had, you know, had those Michigan four helmets, helmets, yeah. the helmets with Florida State mm-hmm. and then. 10 minutes before the ranking revealed, it was Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. So there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. But along with the NCAA, and I have a idea percolating in my mind for a blog I want to write, ESPN is, they're the buzzfeed of sports entertainment now. It, all they're, they're letting people go like Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. They're putting people on like Pat McAfee and Stephen A. Smith. How long before Skip Bayless is at ESPN? It's It's all becoming a hot take corporation and all they care about is having viewership then the people who said it are right Florida State it doesn't matter what they did on the field they're not Alabama. yeah they're not Michigan they're not Texas and those are the names that people apparently want to watch but and I even talked to my kid about this Florida State when I was his age was dominant yeah, I mean absolutely. Bobby Bowden is considered one of the greatest coaches of all time so it's not like there's some also ran no disrespect but it's not like they're Cincinnati no. Cincinnati got into the playoff so the fact that they can push a power five team out because they're quarter Michigan's top player last year, Blake Corum got hurt in the Illinois. Mm-hmm. I would have been livid if they were left out of the playoff last year. So for the committee to say, Oh, they're just not as good a team without Jordan Travis. What does that say about the other a hundred plus kids that they have on that football team? The committee's saying they don't care. They just want it to be a television show. And you know what? A Rose bowl can, can featuring Alabama, Michigan's going to get huge. You're huge. right. So you're yeah. absolutely right. Well, Speaking of the of football, the year basically began with the Chiefs once again being assisted by the refs. Hey, oh, one of the best Super Bowl. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of either team. That Super Bowl, and yes, the refs definitely helped, but that's Super Bowl. No, it was great. It was great. The Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl is one of the best Super Bowls that I've ever seen. And the offseason of the NFL, you had 
Bryce Young getting picked number one, CJ Stroud, who had bad test scores or something, they said. So good at football. (laughs) And even to the point, Carolina's coach gets fired because he kept reminding the owner, hey, I wanted CJ Stroud. Uh Uh-huh, yep. But you had, I mean, the draft, when we talk about what we're looking forward to in the next year, that podcast, obviously the draft, it's going to be just sick. This draft was, yeah. But I CJ Stroud's great. No, no, he he's been <laughs> absolutely great. But the offseason was okay, Jalen Hurts got his money. Lamar finally got his finally money. Finally took forever. <laughs> and what's his name? Justin Herbert got his money. And then right before the season started, Joe Burrow here in Cincinnati got his money. And the Bengals proceeded to crap the bed early in the season. That's what they do every year, dude. <laughs> and they then, were turning it around until he got it. And then Burrow for six weeks, was the highest-rated quarterback in all of football, and then broke a bone in his wrist (laughs) over the year. Now, this is what I'm going to say. Somebody referred to him as Glass Joe. In the first four years of his career, though, he has missed more time than Lamar Jackson missed in his career. And it's like, why do we have this Lamar Jackson's injury-prone, yet Joe Burrow's not? I think we both know why there's that. Yes, there (laughs) is. To get away from that, though, I will say... Lamar Jackson does seem to have, I mean, the, the best example I can use is Michael Vick, Cam Newton, even Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham and Michael Vick changed to become more pocket passers late in their career, but Cam Newton never did, which is why he was awesome for eight years and then just Thank broken God. down. Yeah. That, I think there's part of that is to it. Also, Burroughs' two injuries are freak injuries. They're the types of things that could happen to anyone. So he doesn't miss like, a week every now and then he misses half a season. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem is that you don't get the little nicks and you know, like, Oh, I strained my calf. I'm going to be out two weeks. You get a weird broken bone in his wrist. Or what was it? Did he tear his ACL? Was that his yeah. other injury? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of Lamar Jackson, I think he's the day. Actually, I think TJ Watts, the MVP, but they won't give it no. to him. It's Tyree kills the MVP. Uh, Tyreek. I'd put up there. <laughs> Lamar Jackson though is proving why he should have gotten paid. You talked about why is Lamar Jackson said injury prone and why Joe Burrow isn't or whatever. Joe Burrow was also the number one pick. Yeah. Lamar Jackson was the 32nd pick and people wanted to turn him into a wideout, yeah. which blows my mind. No, uh, Lamar Jackson finally got paid and it's interesting you bring it. I never thought about Cunningham or guys like that who turned into pocket passers. Lamar Jackson's staying in the pocket more. Yeah. He's not rushing like he used to and Baltimore's reaping the rewards of that. I mean, they they're quietly, I think, like eight and four or something right yeah, now. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, I mean, Miami's got a brutal schedule moving forward. Baltimore, Baltimore will probably be the number one seed because oh, okay. the defending Super Bowl champions don't have, has nobody that can catch except Travis Kelsey. Hey, and also you talk about <laughs> refs helping them win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that win the Packers got there because that Packer did yeah. 100%. <laughs> yes. yes Packers, like, sweet, the Packers win. The Packers, I mean, it looked like, Okay, maybe this uh, they're going to miss on Jordan Love. And then he's been ripping it the last few weeks. I wrote about this weeks (laughs) ago when I think they started the year two and four or whatever. I said, this is exactly what I expected. There's going to be ups and downs. And they had it up to start. And then they're down. And then they're up again. I bet you they finished the year nine and eight. You know what? That's pretty damn good. Way better than I thought they would. That's two more wins than I thought they would. And the absolute most Jets thing possible, Aaron Rodgers blows his Achilles out in like the third play. The fourth, third or fourth. And the (laughs) funniest thing to me is that I hear people talk about, oh, he's ramping up. He's going to practice. There is, if he comes back and plays this year, I'm a very liberal, very staunch, like don't fight people, use your words or whatever. I hope Aaron Rodgers' Achilles explodes. Oh yeah. Comes back and plays for a 
four and eight Jets team or whatever their record is right now. Well, I love how people are like these idiots on ESPN and stuff are taking him seriously when it's like, this is literally the guy that's been questioning the vaccine and the pandemic uh-huh. and all this stuff. You're going to take medical advice from him. <laughs> He's been going into a darkness retreat to heal his Achilles. He can walk to the field on his own. Like, give me a freaking break. I love it. It was funny as somebody said this year. Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen has completed more passes to Jets players than Aaron Rodgers has. <laughs> That's pretty good. Making me like Travis Kelsey even more is that when Aaron Rodgers attacked him by calling him like Mr. Pfizer or whatever, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey just took the high road. Yeah. He didn't say anything out of pocket or he's just like, he's dating Taylor knows. Swift. I also think Travis Kelsey knows that like Aaron Rodgers is a maniac and there's yeah. no point to even speak to a person like that. Yeah. He can just. Speaking of ESPN, you can just go on Pat McAfee's dumbass show and spout off at the mouth. Man, my son loves Pat McAfee. I so does my son, <laughs> and I despise. Pat no, no, I, I, I get. I'm not standing up podcasting right now. Yeah, right? With, with the tank top on, which <laughs> I told my wife, he probably calls tank tops what we used to call yes. them when we were kids. Which I don't want to repeat on this because no. I I'm not an abusive person. So. No, but I. There's I'm I'm gonna end football on actually. Don't forget his cowboy hats too that he wears oh, all the time on TV. Yes. And just real quick, let me, just, <laughs> let me go back to Michigan real quick. When they played Iowa in the Big Ten championship, do you want to know how much of a joke ESPN is? Lee Corso, Pat McAfee, and Theo Vaughn, former reality show turned podcaster star. All picked yeah, Iowa. Who, Iowa didn't score a what, damn point. You, are you me? <laughs> or they did they, I, did they score no, later? Twenty six. So, yeah, right. Did you hear about the the bar in Iowa saying that they would give out free beer until Iowa scored? <laughs> and apparently, people got <laughs> trashed. But for ESPN, the two people who picked Michigan, Kirk Herbstreit and Desmond Howe. Yeah, those are the only two people yeah. who picked it properly. Yeah, yeah, and you know, idiots like Fine Bomb and who was the other guy that didn't even show up? Oh, was, Tham, Pete Thamel, yeah. the guy who broke the whole story. Yeah. And, Every reporting he had done prior to that on game day, he's in with the fans. Mm-hmm. He didn't do it in yep. Ann Arbor. For Hell that no. Game. Hell no. <laughs> and Desmond Howard called him yeah. out. Desmond Howard also called out Bob, Paul Feinbaum. Greatest quote ever. Paul Feinbaum is a caricature of a caricature of Paul <laughs> yes, Feinbaum, yeah. which I thought was great. <laughs> but going back to the NFL. Yeah, sorry. I no, didn't get that off my chest. <laughs> I mean, the Eagles have been legitimate. Yeah. 49ers. Maybe 49ers Brock. Just dismantled. Maybe Brock Purdy is. I don't. I still don't believe it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You are putting you're putting the guy that knows how to drive inside a Ferrari when no. you're with that. Well, and team. also saying he's the MVP front runner. Oh god, he's no. not even the best player on his team. Oh god, no, he's so, not even the not fifth best I'm... player. He's not even the tenth <laughs> exactly. best player. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the Cowboys predictably are beating bad teams, and but... they'll get boat raced in the playoffs. Yes. Like they do every yes. year. Mike McCarthy special. Miami, I think, is the Dallas of the AFC. Oh, yeah. They can beat really bad teams, Mm -hmm. but can't beat the good teams. But I will say something I've seen, because it seems like, I mean, the Chiefs, look, as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you're always going to be good. But to me, and I still think the Bengals will be good. I mean, hell, they're going to probably have a fourth place schedule next year. Uh, Yeah, totally. But I still still think they're going to be good. And again, we'll talk in the podcast what we're looking forward to, how I think that things are going to change with them. But I'm going to tell you right now, Miles Garrett is a maniac. Dude is one of the best defensive players. He's ever. awesome. Not enough people talk about him. No. Like, he's incredible. And even before Deshaun Watson got hurt, it was that defense that's carrying them. Pittsburgh's oh, yeah. the same way, but we're getting late into the year. I think we're faltering. They got beat last yeah. night, too, by the Patriots. Yes. And yes. Bailey Zappi. Yeah, the immortal Bailey Zappi. 
<laughs> but to be fair to the Pittsburgh defense, two of those touchdown drives were like 30 yards or less because yeah. the immortal Mitch Trubisky. Uh, but Pittsburgh's offense is so bad. Oh, I feel so bad for Mike Tomlin. It's that so he terrible. has nothing to work with. But the team I want to talk about, two teams here that I think, one, I have hope for, but it's probably fading, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I think the Josh Dobbs things is. is yeah, played. I was hoping. I, was I, like, I like Josh Dobbs. Yeah. I like the story, but I think he's just kind of playing. That's out. why he's a back. But the Detroit Lions. Hell yeah. The emergence. And I can't put a pin on this team because they seem awesome, but they seem to always play to their opponents. Like, to their opponent. The New Orleans game's a great example. They come out there Green and they beat them on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but again, that I mean, I, not enough is said about their offense. Oh, yeah. Their offense is, is sick. I mean, I've, I've had such a crummy fantasy year with the exception of Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs has been like the one dude I can count on. Aiden Hutchinson, again, another awesome. just superstar that's sitting there. I, I really, really, really want Detroit to do well. Mm-hmm. I really do. Did you watch that Barry Sanders documentary? No, but our cousin told me I need to watch it. So I yeah. will be getting on top of that because <laughs> I loved Barry Sanders as a kid, but I also, being an adult now, I think I realize how dysfunctional that he was, and I understand why he left when he left. Yeah, and it's not nice to Scott Mitchell. What, Scott, Scott Mitchell is like Matt Flynn. They're the same person. <laughs> but I, I do. I mean, that's, uh, that's where I'll wrap up this first half, uh, is that I just really... I want to believe in Detroit. I think it's mm-hmm. you're looking at Eagles 49ers. I yeah, think I, well, that would be the NFC champ. Yes, yes. Yeah. I I just hope the Cowboys don't make no, it anywhere. God, and come on. They're the Cowboys. Would, well, I love and I've always had a thing for Dak Prescott. I I I respect the hell out of him. Dude's not a top 10 quarterback. He's Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who's going to come out of the AFC though? I mean, I think it would be the Chiefs, but they're not. Maybe it maybe it's finally Baltimore stuff. It's it's the Chiefs or Baltimore. I mean, they're okay. the only teams. I would not want to face Buffalo if they make yeah. it somehow, but I don't think they're going to make it. Even if the Bengals make it, again, Jake Browning, that's what yeah, you're looking at. I mean, Jamar Chase. They gave Jake Browning the AFC Player of the Week award or whatever. Jamar it was Chase Jamar Chase. Chase. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when you have that, that's what you can go to. And it would be rad to see the Lions like make some noise. I just, I won't trust it until I see it. Hello, all. This is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about a, another podcast that I do work on called High Heels and Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of this state, she's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because she talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to 
Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week, and it's an incredibly great conversation. And if you're interested or know anybody that may be on High Heels in Politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, Ty, let's let's cover a few other sports that we normally don't cover. All right, I'm going to start with the NHL. And the only reason I'm going to kind of start with this is we're going to talk about basketball. We're going to talk about this incredible run Miami made. Well, Miami mm-hmm. made two incredible runs at the exact same time. The Florida Panthers, who are their hockey team, is Miami's hockey team, was the eight seed in the NHL and made a mm-hmm. run. All the, First off, they went up against, I think, in the first round, the Boston Bruins, who broke the record for like most wins in NHL history, and Miami beat them. And then had to go up against like the number two seed and beat them and went all the way to the finals to face the Las Vegas Golden Knights, which I still think is one of the coolest names ever. Florida and Vegas in the NHL Stanley Cup. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I think I saw this thing. I think Vegas is the most northern team to win the Stanley Cup in like 15 years. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. But. I, I've all, I've often thought the Vegas thing was interesting. This is their fifth year of existence, and they won the Stanley Cup. That's and true. they they were they're a smart organization. They came in. The city loves them. I mean, hockey's kind of a spectacle, anyways. It works with Vegas. I mean, I think that hockey. Or I know everybody that said that hockey team's more popular than the football team is there. Uh, really? the, oh yeah. The only thing that will supplant the Golden Knights is when they finally put a basketball team in that weird ass sphere they have down there. <laughs> That's gonna be <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> but the Golden Knights, this Vegas gets their first title. Of course, it's huge. It's big. Then they start off this season like twelve and zero or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it was again. You and I don't cover hockey a lot or at all, but it was a you know it was an interesting story with the Miami thing. We'll talk about Miami and basketball later on. And then making that huge run. You also had, it was the, in the odd numbered years, there's no Olympics or anything like that. But you did have like the Commonwealth Games or something where USA basketball completely crapped the bed. Oh, yeah. The FIBA game. Yes, the that's FIBA it. Yeah. World Cup, yeah. And you, so you had that. And then but now, and people who are all upset, like the best player they sent over there yeah. was Anthony Edwards, who's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But, but like, you're not, you're, you're right. not going to win a lot of games with. Walker Kessler as your center. And we're going to talk when we get to the NBA. I think, was it two or three of the top five picks were foreign players? Yeah, well, I know Webb and Yama. Yeah. I yeah. Have- Look, the world's got some pretty good players out there, oh, too. Yeah. The Women's World Cup, though, was this year, the Soccer World Cup. And the big, big deal is the U.S. did not win. I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, this is sp- I mean, they'd won the last two. Nobody had won three in a row. Much like Georgia, nobody had won three NCAA title, football titles yep. in a row. It ended up being Spain and England, and Spain ended up winning. And then, like, the head of the Spanish team, like, fully open mouth kissed one of the players. And everybody's like, oh, that's <laughs> nice. And she's like, he just sexually assaulted me. Yeah, and he just got completely good. fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. You had somebody you were going to talk about. Yeah, well, there, there's this trail. Uh, you know, you can go on Seasing and look at it. I love trail running. There's this trail runner. Courtney Dewalter and just go for people who are interested in running who don't know who she is or people who are just curious who I'm talking about go look her up she won an incredible amount of 100 mile races this year which has never been done before she was named the female trail runner of the year which I think is great but I think she should have just been the trail runner of the year what she accomplished this year is is unheard of and has never been seen before and she is like 
the tiniest person in the world and she's killing it and she's one of the nicest people. I also wanted to talk about LSU's women's team beating Iowa in the in the women's NCAA championship. This is great because ESPN, who I'm going to dog on for the rest (laughs) of time, the rest of my time here, they took in this Caitlin Clark girl as their own. And she was the Iowa girl. Yeah, the Iowa girl. And she she makes threes. She's the Steph Curry of women's basketball. But and Caitlin Clark's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. She's an incredible basketball player. What I loved is LSU went in there, beat the hell out of Iowa and all their players are doing Caitlin Clark celebration in her face. And to Caitlin Clark's credit, she was like, yeah, I deserved it. Yeah, I, she I, absolutely. Yeah. And here, I, I hate to cut you off, but even yeah. with the point, because Caitlin Clark was such a huge star, the uh, President Biden said, oh, we're going to invite both teams. And Caitlin Clark yeah. said, we didn't win. Exactly. And she's like, I don't belong there. We didn't win. So anyways, yeah. go ahead. We're but not yeah, dogging no, her. But yeah, no, no, no. Not. I just love how the LSU players are doing it back to her. And she took Caitlin Clark took it in stride. But who didn't take it in stride was ESPN. They were how dare they do this? This isn't sportsmanship. It's like Caitlin Clark was doing that before everything. LSU beat them. They're allowed to do that to her. So I just think it's rad. And like LSU's coach has got this crazy outfit that she wears at every game. And Angel Reese, she's back with the team. And I think she's awesome. So I had to throw respect out there to, to LSU's women's team for beating ESPN's darling in the NCAA Women's Championship. Yeah. Now let me talk about Major League Baseball. My the Cardinals entire, were bad this year. Oh, so. <laughs> they were terrible. And <laughs> starting with St. Louis, because they should be competing for a World Series. And I told my son, if I was a baseball writer, I would have voted Yadier Molina as the MVP last year, because Ooh. it is obvious Clearly. <laughs> that team has no leadership. Didn't they just sign some pitcher, though? Some good pitcher? So that's what I say. St. Louis, yes, is in the offseason. They're, they're loading up. They're, it's, it's what they do. And They didn't get Juan Soto, though. No, but I don't think they really necessarily wanted him. And no, as okay. we record this, I'm going to double Has Otani made a decision yet? No, I'm going to check that right now. Hold on a second. I know they said it was quote-unquote imminent. After doing extensive internet research, Otani has not signed as of this recording. That's going to be, I mean, Otani was a big deal all year because before mm-hmm. he got hurt, he was, what was he? He was like top three hitter in all of Major League Baseball and top seven pitcher. Well, didn't he win the MVP again? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, okay. Should He should win it every year. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Atlanta Braves had maybe one of the greatest baseball teams I've ever seen. And they got beat. But the world, and then before I go, well, I'll go to the World Series and go to the Reds. But yeah, they got beat. The Arizona Diamondbacks with a bunch of 19-year-olds and then yeah. Evan Longoria. <laughs> <laughs> I even I know that <laughs> went up against the Texas Rangers who finally got it to work. Didn't they have some dude who was just like blasting home runs constantly? Yeah, yeah, but he got hurt in the last game. They even brought oh, Max Scherzer in and they just vaporized people through the playoffs. Uh-huh. They were just hot and it's a good Rangers team. I'm going to tell that to people right now. We should not be surprised that they made the World Series and that they won the World Series. Texas seems to always try to get a big free agent and it never freaking works. Well, it worked. They got Scherzer. Well, in and, a trade, right? Yes. And then I didn't realize this till the playoffs and I follow baseball, but I'm like, is that Bruce Bochy? Bruce Bochy. The guy who used to coach the Giants? Yes. He is now, he, he is, he came out to reach. First off, I learned Bruce Bochy is French. Oh, I didn't know that. When he retired <laughs> from the Giants, he went to coach the French national team. And then he got called out of retirement to go manage the Rangers. So he is now the third manager. In Probably all of baseball history, league, right? To win in each league, yeah. 
man, that he might be like one of the most underrated managers of all time. <laughs> I I believe he's in the Hall of Fame already. So all right, well, good. He deserves it. So they they were very good, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a few minutes here to talk about the Cincinnati Reds, the local team here. <laughs> Fun baseball team, dude. the greatest Legion baseball team known to mankind. They, <laughs> Why do you hate? <laughs> on it? No, no, no. I don't hate. I don't I talk about. I don't hate on them, and I remember telling this to my son. So the Reds predictably start off the year just really, really crappy. And then in about May, they start to bring up some players. And we've been hearing about these guys for a few years. And they bring up a pitcher, and he's pretty damn good. And then they bring up uh, McLean, the second baseman slash shortstop, and he's pretty good. And then they bring up Ella De La Cruz. Man, my son loves that dude. <laughs> and loves. I always walk around the house. Ellie De La Cruz, tell me about him all the time. In his first 10 games, he hit for the cycle. He stole home base. He was just on fire. Oh, amazing, yeah. <laughs> but I remember telling my son, none of these guys have played more than 100 games. And sure enough, once August came around, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this, is, and again, it's the Reds, the management here is not St. Louis. They never do anything to try to get better. But I'm like, man, this is the team I hate more than anything, the Cubs. But I remember looking at the Cubs in 2013 going, team's going to be really good in a couple of years. And yeah. they won the World Series. 2016. <laughs> so, I'm, who is the pitcher that they brought up? Is it that green guy? No, Abbott, green? Andrew Abbott. Uh, oh, yeah. Hunter I, Green, though, is another great example. Hunter Green. they he throw super hard? Yes. He can throw 100 miles per hour on his 90th pitch. Oh, my God. That's wow. That's <laughs> but <amazing. laughs> he blew his arm apart and missed a good chunk of the season. But again, all these Don't guys. They have are, some other really good middle infielder oh, in yeah. India or something. Yeah, Jonathan India. He was Again, rookie of the year like two years ago. Joey Votto even I was came in. Say, I don't follow much baseball, but I saw interviews with him. I love Joey. Oh, no, Joey Votto's great. <laughs> He's yeah. really, really. It's, I'm sad. I understand why the Reds basically let him go. They don't need him. The kid they yeah. have, this Incarcion Strand kid they have at first base, he hit a home run like eight miles on this fourth like at bat. I mean, Jesus. Well, didn't they sign somebody? I saw they, Candelario yeah, they, or something. Yeah, they just signed Cubs middle infielder. They signed uh, one of the Padres big relief pitchers. My point is I'm I'm excited about this team. Oh, you um, are? Okay. <laughs> All right. Because for the next few years, it's going to be great to watch. And then De La Cruz will go to the Yankees and McLean no, will, go to the, <laughs> will go to the Dodgers. <laughs> who is the, the Cuban defector they had that was really good? Super muscly oh, guy, fast guy. Yeah, no, it was. Gosh, why can't I think of it? Yasiel Puig. Yes, that's who it is. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a while. All right. Second to last thing, because I know you want to end on something. Let's talk about the NBA. All right. The NBA, which I think is as good as it's ever been. I think it's well, been. And before great. we, to cut you off yeah. real quick, before we get into that, UConn men's basketball. Oh, shoot. That's right. Yeah. They won the <laughs> they, national title. <laughs> they absolutely hammered San yeah. Diego State. They ran through the NCAA tournament. I think their closest game was like, 10 points. Yeah. UConn men's basketball is back. In, in the year where it was all these big upsets and new teams and Central Floridas of the world and all this other stuff. No, yeah, UConn's, UConn's back. <laughs> and they are, people don't talk about them like they do Duke and Carolina. UConn's won like five yeah. titles oh, in yeah. the last 15 years. Yeah. They're amazing. It's it's good. I don't hate Duke like I hate Carolina or I don't hate you UConn. Don't hate UConn. Yeah, like, like yeah. I hate UConn or Duke. Well, and they have like seemingly the most normal Hurley coaching their yes. team too. So <laughs> I, I, I heard I heard you know Bobby Hurley coaches that team. I'm like, he does what? Oh no, it's his brother. Hers, yeah, Dan Hurley. yeah. It's his brother, it's Dan. <laughs> yeah. But like 
I've always had, I, I'm a Michigan fan through and through, but I've always had a soft spot for Connecticut men's basketball because our parents years ago bought me some of their shorts. I'm like, oh, these are cool. So I've always kind of followed UConn men's team, even though their women's team is far better, but the men's team is dominant. So hats off to them. I just want to And my that. wife told me that Purdue will be the first team in history to lose to a second, uh, 16 seed two times in a row. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've watched them a little bit this year because I watch Big Ten basketball and they look, they look different. They look determined this year. And like Zach Eady is just stone faced the I, whole time. I told her after Virginia lost to the sixteen, they won the title. And she said, Yeah, okay. that won't be Purdue. Tell your wife that they look like a different ba- I'm sure she's watched them, but they look like yeah. a different basketball team. She said when she was at Purdue, she watched them win four straight Big Ten titles and lose in the first or second round of the NCAA tournament. Well, <laughs> something's got to change, right? <laughs> Their look has to turn around. Michigan after Lloyd Carr resigned. Mm-hmm was really bad, and now they're back. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the NBA. The Grizzlies stink this year. Yeah. Is that what you want to talk about? <laughs> I, they, John Morant's coming back in five games. Yeah, so yeah. Games on this suspension. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy that is that good, that it just cannot get his crap together. And he, it's not like he grew up bad or anything no. either. He, he grew up like you and I did. Yeah. They won a game the other night where they looked, they looked better, but... They're six and fourteen in the West. That is not good. Oh, no. You don't want to be that bad already. No, no. LeBron. Oh my God, Father Did Time you see that game the other night. Father Time the hasn't caught up. Yeah, game? yeah. Oh my God, he's amazing. Thirty points mm-hmm. in twenty-two minutes. Somebody. Like, said, that's another thing I want to say too. Is he broke the scoring record this year, and he's probably going to play another two seasons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Somebody said the game they played against the Pelicans that last night. They yeah, won by forty. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. it looked like Zion. Was LeBron's age and LeBron Zion's age? LeBron was having fun. It's like I have instances where, like, I love LeBron. I don't love LeBron. Like, I feel like I love Jordan. I'm a Jordan yeah. fan. But last night, I was like, "Holy cow! This dude is a genius on the mm-hmm. basketball court. He's still he's still the best player in the game right now, in my opinion." But before we get to this season, you had last year Miami went up against number one Milwaukee, knocked him off. <laughs> Before that, too, Miami lost their first play-in game to Houston or to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then they almost got beat by the Bulls. Yeah, before they went on this miraculous. Run. But then playoff Jimmy came around. <laughs> oh my God! And playoff Bam and Tyler Hero is kind of odd, but I think him getting injured was the best thing that could have happened to him in no. the playoffs. Last year. They they made a run. They looked good, but it was finally uh, Denver is a lot like the Texas Rangers. It was a mm. team that always would get a player, would always do something, and always just come up short. Uh, I was going to say, is it because I despise the Nuggets? Like no. I despise the no. Texas, Texas teams? But I know, the Spurs. I, like I know you can't stand all the ink that Jokic gets, and everybody talks about the he Mike. Just, he doesn't play defense, and he's a boring-ass basketball player. But he is, I think, the best player in the NBA. Giannis uh, is better than I, him. I mean, I yes, I would take that argument, but finally. Finally, Denver gets over the hump. I'm and, just happy that anti-vaxxer Michael Porter Jr. got yep. a uh, got a ring finally. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was a situation where it's like, okay, we've been waiting, even though I mean, waiting like two or three years. Jokic was famously drafted during a Taco Bell ad. Oh yeah, you that, couldn't see that enough during the playoffs. <laughs> but Denver made that jump, and you come into this year, and it's like, I mean, even before this year. Everybody's like, well, Giannis may end up leaving Milwaukee in there. Milwaukee's like, hell, you are. Here's, here's Dame Lillard. Here's Dame and a three-year <laughs> massive extension for you, Giannis. <laughs> and it's, they're, they're going to figure it out. 
And it's like the NBA, much like college football, I think, again, I was telling my son about this, is look, there's four teams that can win the title. Boston, Milwaukee, Denver. Phoenix? They're, they're, they're now Denver. They're now the team that just can't get over the hump. But that would be okay. about it. And look, I think it's cool, like what the Lakers are doing, but it's a long season. Well, and what I want to say, like what I'm enjoying about the NBA 20 games into it is the Pacers are really good and Tyrese yeah. Halliburton's awesome. The Thunder, Josh oh. Giddy has a whole thing that he's got to deal well, with. But outside of him, the we're going to try to keep it positive, right? <laughs> yeah, with Shea Gilgis Alexander and Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams, like they went to the tank for a reason, but it's starting to work out no. with what, how the Thunder are playing. And like, the Knicks they got are having back to back competency. The, the, the Knicks <laughs> are playing well, even though they got beat by 40 last night. The Pelicans seem whole for a little, like, who knows how long that's going to last. So to me, it's cool to see Oklahoma City and New Orleans and, and a team like Denver and the Knicks, even though New York is a big hub. Not or won the title in my lifetime. Yeah, but I'm it's almost not, 50. <laughs> it's not, and the Lakers look better right now. Like you said, it's a long season. The Clippers are struggling. Boston yeah. is Boston, you know, they're good, but but it's like these small market teams are are having a bit of a come up and it's cool to see that. Like I don't want to watch as much as ESPN wants Boston and LA in the finals every year. It was kind of rad to see Miami and Denver yeah. last year and Golden State and, and and Boston the year before was better than if it were the Lakers or any, I don't know. I just like seeing that these quote unquote smaller market teams are are doing well and with the Grizzlies, the team I root for, like I said, John Morant comes back in five games, but maybe this can be a season where it's just kind of like a wash for them and they get a pretty good draft pick out of it, which could help everything out. And also, the Spurs are not a good basketball team. No. They're not fun to watch at all. Webb and Yama's amazing. He is. He's he's a teenager. Yes. And people aren't talking about him because like, oh, Chad Holmgren's having a better rookie year and he may be having a better year right now, but Webb and Yama is the future. He, he blocked a awesome. player, got the rebound, and went down the court and got the bucket. You haven't seen that in forever. Like <laughs> people want to anoint Luka Doncic or Jason Tatum or any one of these guys. Webb and Yama is the future of this. League. Well, it, when Giannis came out, everybody said he's too skinny. Uh huh. And he was nineteen. Go back and look at his photos from his rookie year, and now he looks like a totally exactly. Person. That's what I'm saying. When I that's the thing about Webb and Yama when when I see him is that it's like. He's 19. Yeah. I'm kind of worried about Scoot Henderson, who I really, really liked going into the draft, though he had, he has not been playing well or playing much out in Portland. But Webb and Yama's great. Chet Holmgren, who technically isn't a rookie. I hate this whole thing. Like, he's going to rookie of the year, and I'm thinking yeah. this is his second season yeah. in the NBA. But the Thompson Twins, the one who oh, plays yeah. in, in Detroit, Detroit, another bad team, but he looks like he has a future in the league. The Magic. Anthony Black, the kid they got, they're really good too with Franz, Franz Wagner and Paolo Caro. And now they got this kid, uh, the Anthony Black kid from from uh, uh, what college did he go to? Arkansas is playing for them. I don't know that there's ever been a more perfect pick for the Heat than Jaime Jaquez Jr. Yeah, who's like, he was the oldest player in the first round, but he just fits in to that team. It's just, the NBA is in a good place. I oh, think, I think the NBA is in a great place. Even though well, I said and, only four teams can maybe win the title. It's a you're seeing an ascendancy. You're seeing well, yeah, and like things sink. It was interesting when Jordan left. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know who's going to take over. And it took a while yeah. until LeBron got there in oh three oh four. I think was his rookie year. 
Well, it's been longer than that, but I think Webb and Yama is like going to be the next dude. And again, I don't like any Texas teams except for the Spurs because our dad has always been a Spurs fan. So to get to see David Robinson and then he got to see David Robinson young. I got to see Tim Duncan young. Now we're all getting to see Victor Webb and Yama young. It's it's going to be, I, I love the NBA. I think it's the most innovative league in all of professional sports. And it's just cool the way they're going with everything. Well, to close out the year in sports, this year and next year, I am going to see the end of my my only child, my baby boy's pre-high school athletic career. And he's... Kid's going to crush it in high school cross-country. Well, we're, we're, <laughs> we'll see. He definitely has an attitude about it, but... Every pre, every teen, <laughs> young teen or preteen has an attitude. But you still get that junior football and junior basketball. You don't have to deal with the high school crap yet. So yeah. how was your personal year in sports? My son's team didn't win the Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl like they did last year in fifth grade football. But going from fifth grade to sixth grade, it's not a humongous jump. But there's a different difference. Kids are bigger. Kids are faster. Kids do thing and do things differently. And my son started out the year as defensive end, and he kind of struggled at the year, and he wasn't liking it, and he was talking to me about stuff. And I'm like, well, why don't you just work with your coaches, see maybe if you can play offensive line? And he eventually did, and he took over his tackle for his team after the first couple of games. He switched from off to de- defense to offense. And his first couple of games at tackle, he was doing okay. I'm like, I don't know. like He seems a little bit scared out there to make a hit or whatever. And then my son goes to he, – he'll go to Marquette when he's in high school. And their chief rival is Lafayette, where you, my our oldest brother, went to high school. Black, yeah. Black gold, super great, number one. <laughs> so yeah, Seth, our brother Seth, and I went to Marquette, and you and our oldest brother went to Lafayette. I never, ever and lost to Marquette. It's because they weren't in existence. <laughs> Undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> so my son has this like disgust for Lafayette, because that's his rival. And the week of the Lafayette game, he just seemed different. He was more focused, and he was... Just kind of the task at hand was to beat Lafayette. And boy, oh boy, did they beat Lafayette. They beat him by 28 points or something like that. But my son, who's the sweetest, like, big, he's a big, big kid, as you well know. He's he's built like I am, but he's sweet. He's nice. He wouldn't hurt a fly. I had to ask other parents in the crowd if that was my kid blocking because (laughs) the way he blocked that week, I didn't believe it was him. He, there was one play where they, Ran the ball to his side. I sound like a total fan dad, but I am a fan dad. They ran the ball to his side, and my son opened this huge hole, and he proceeded to push the Lafayette defensive tackle down and then stand over top of it. And I turned to our father. I'm like, is that my son? Is there? And he's like, yeah, it's number 62. So my head is off to him because he he loves football. He likes basketball. He likes baseball, but he loves football. And he had a goal in mind. And he's set to it. Now, he did miss a couple games this year. He bruised his collarbone. But when he came back, he played great again. Seeing him grow from his first year of tackle football to this year, it's just amazing to watch it. And you're right. He's not in high school yet, so it's not all crazy and political or whatever you want to call it. So getting to watch him develop as this football player, it's just really cool. And to see that he does have this nasty streak in him, I guess as long as he's playing Lafayette. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll hear about it over the holidays. Mm-hmm. That he'll, it was rad to see him do that out on the football field. I'm just going to remind him <laughs> that I never lost to Marquette. <laughs> and I will tell him that they weren't in <laughs> I don't think, no. So Lafayette's fifth grade team had three different teams last year, and they got beat by one of them. But they have not lost a game. They've won every game against Lafayette since. Well, that's so the they game are, that matters. On the that's a, that's, on, well, 
they beat Lafayette in the fifth grade Super Bowl last year. So yeah. they won the one that was important last yeah. year. All right. Well, if people need to come out and start recruiting your son, if Harbaugh <laughs> needs to come scout your son, yeah. where is he going to find you? Yeah. That'd Which, be great. Before I say that, just one more thing about this year. So really close to where I'm recording at my office right now. My son goes mm-hmm. to school in the city of Cincinnati. And one of the schools in his district is a school called Withrow. And they have a sophomore on their team named Chris Henry Jr. He is the son of the former Bengals screwed up wide receiver Chris Henry, who died when he was like 25. Yeah, Yeah. This kid is a sophomore, and he's already got a letter from Ohio State. Wow. So if well didn't mr ohio's football is, yeah uh, he's going good to yeah he's going to michigan yeah <laughs> the last <laughs> so, mr ohio that went to michigan was charles woodson let's hope good <laughs> things happen for i believe his name's like jordan hamilton yeah, or something uh, <laughs> yeah that's a that's a catholic school up near where i live so yeah. if a uh, harbaugh needs to call you about your son ty where is he going to find you <laughs> my not even 12 year old son mm-hmm. yet. i'll go buy you a hamburger I would love that. I love hamburgers, Coach Harbaugh. So please, uh, no, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Facebook, T Y K U L I K, all lowercase. More importantly, come read my stuff on SeedSing, S E E D S I N G dot com. We talked about the Florida State snubbing. I wrote about it. We're I, the Heisman Trophy is being presented on on Saturday. I wrote about that the day that we're recording this. So, but there's also a bunch of other stuff, movie reviews. Hell, I wrote about pomegranate seeds the other day. If you want to read something about that, so. Check it out, seedsing.com, S-E-E-D-S-I-N-G. I've appeared on a couple episodes of Chucklehead Chat. I think in the new year, I'll probably be on a new one of that. That's hosted by our buddy, Glenn Adams. You can get that wherever you get podcasts. Check that out. Check out our Patreon. Check out First Watch, Rewatch. But most importantly, listen to me on this podcast. I've been off for a couple of weeks, so it's nice to get back into it. Rate, review us, tell your friends about us. And as always, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, repeat all that, ex-millennial man. Seed saying, I figured I'd let you off last week while I did my victory tour on Henry Kissinger dying. Yeah, I, I, was, I was talking to my, my wife about it, and she's, I told her that you asked me if I want to talk politics, and I said no, and you said that's what I thought. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're going to, next week, we're going to go ahead and do movies and television, music, our year end, and then there'll be one more before the year's out. And then speaking of first watch or rewatch, I'm actually going to be forwarding you this afternoon the Sweet. Star Wars holiday special. I read an article about it recently to prepare myself. So I'm yeah. prepared for quite possibly the worst. It can't be any worse than those Cleveland Brown movies, right? Oh, no, it's way worse. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> These have real actors. Yeah, yeah, good people. Yeah, it's it's terrible. But it, it's so terrible that you have to see it to really understand yeah. it. It's, it's like you in the room before you saw the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So with all that being said, we thank you for your ears. Anything else that you may use to listen to the Ex-Millennial Man podcast. Remember, we're here every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine podcasts and shows. And go out, enjoy the early time of December, and we'll see you next week. Stay fresh, cheese bags. The Ex-Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik & Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.